I'm Megan Champion. I am a 15-year elementary education teacher, and I have three kids under 10. This past year, I started a side hustle, which brought in $20,000. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. It's the entrepreneurship podcast you can actually apply. Now, Megan's side hustle is in the parenting niche, and it's got three main parts. An Instagram account to drive awareness, a podcast called On the Hard Days to drive a connection, and a paid membership to drive community and also to drive recurring revenue. In this episode, you're going to learn how all three of those work and how they work together to build Megan's business, and also how you may be able to apply some of the same strategies to your own business. The exciting thing here is that the audience numbers that Megan shares, they're not huge, but they've still been enough to build a pretty substantial extra income stream and help a lot of people at the same time. The story starts with Megan's own challenges in raising a neurodivergent child and the self-imposed guilt and blame and anxiety that went along with it. Finally, she realized she couldn't be the only mom going through this, so she decided to start talking about it. In early 2021, On the Hard Days was born. Ready? Let's do it. At that time, I had no desire to bring on any guests. It wasn't really about that. I didn't even know where to start. I didn't have any listeners. I just wanted to vent. And so those first 10 episodes or so on the show, it's just me. I'm just talking. I'm just sharing my stories. I kick it off. The very first episode is called My Rock Bottom Parenting Moment. And I just jump in deep end um, with a really tough incident that happened with my son and I when we, when he was very little. And so that was really how it started. Just those first 10 episodes or so somebody said, why don't you bring other people on? And I was like, oh no, no, no. What would I even have to say to other people? I'm drowning over here. I don't know. And it turns out that she was right. And that ended up changing the way that the podcast went over the next year and really has connected me with so many amazing moms that I never in a million years would have met otherwise. Did you do anything proactive to market the show after you recorded those first 10 episodes? I think that, you know, I had a little Instagram at the time, a little little tiny one, and I started to share a little bit with those 20 followers, 30 followers, <laughs> sure, um, sure. and, you know, say, hey, how can I meet you? You know, one of the ways Clubhouse kind of came out back in, in that time too, and I, I jumped on Clubhouse and I connected with a couple moms there. And um, finally, I just said, hey, would you? would you be interested in maybe just coming on and telling me about your kid and your story? And she said, sure. And she was the first one to do that. And we took the leap there. I didn't stay on Clubhouse very long, but that was my confidence builder knowing, oh my gosh, wait, there's somebody else out here in the world that has a kid like mine. I had no clue. I wonder if there's anybody else. And so I started to promote it in my Instagram every week, my own episodes. And then as I started to bring guests on as well. Okay. And did that grow the listenership right away. I think podcasters can all relate to those first sometimes years of producing episodes where you're like, ah, there's not a lot of people tuning in. Is it really worth it to keep going with this thing? Yeah, I I definitely had those moments. It is slow growth. That being said, the second half of the year, it, it cruised along faster. But that first six months, my mom checks in, hey, I listened to your podcast. I'm like, that's you're not my audience. <laughs> I don't want to know. Um, yeah, but thank you. <laughs> but thanks anyway. So it's slow going, but it is constantly talking about in a very vulnerable way about my struggles as a mom, repeating myself over and over, 
giving little snippets of stories and saying, please listen up. I have this thing to tell you and I really could use your support. And people will say, all right, I'll, I'll listen a little bit. You know, friends tell other friends. It is really word of mouth and it is slow going at first. Yeah. Definitely slow going. Were you a consumer of podcasts and maybe specifically other parenting podcasts? Yes and no. For years, no. I never listened to podcasts ever. I was more of a, a music person and I couldn't understand why people want to hear other people talk, which changed when I <laughs> was raising my my child and looking for some help. I did for probably about six months prior to starting my own, I was listening to some excellent parenting podcasts and not business really, but just more about raising children, motherhood podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. What was missing from those that you said, you know what, I need, I, I need to put my voice out there. I need to add to this conversation. What was missing were interviews and conversations with quote unquote real moms, right? And so when you listen to a parenting podcast, or a motherhood podcast, they tend to all be advice driven. You're going to get experts on there. They're going to be sharing, this is what I do. This is what you should do. Try this, try that. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I did not hear anybody saying, this is really hard. I am struggling. I am drowning. I'm at my wits end. I'm ready to pack a bag and walk out of my house because I don't know how to help my child who is constantly dysregulated. There were no everyday people on these podcasts. And I decided, what, what if what if there was a show that we don't have advice? Like it's not meant to be professional, top-down approach. What if it's just a place to feel validated and that's the, the primary purpose? Okay, that's cool. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, so second half of the year, the word of mouth starts to spin a little bit. The I imagine the Instagram starts to grow a little bit. And now now you're no longer alone in your marketing efforts because you have guests and they you know, are probably excited that they've been on a show. They share it with their audience to the extent that they have one. And it starts to kind of pick up some steam. Was there a moment or a metric that, you, that hit? you're like, hey, you know, maybe there's something here? Yeah. So I was at the time doing discovery calls with moms who thought, oh, I might want to be on the podcast. And so I was like, I made a little link. Yeah, sure. We'll chat for a few minutes um, and see if it's okay. something you really want to do. And I went into some Facebook groups. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Facebook groups, to be honest. That's a whole other thing. But I did try to put myself out there a little bit and say, hey, would anybody like to be on this podcast? Thinking that I would get, I don't know, 10, 15 people interested to do discovery calls. And I got like a hundred, a 100 moms saying, I want to be on the podcast. I want to talk about raising a neurodivergent kid. That was a lot of discovery calls. I was on the phone a lot back in that time when I was doing that. Okay. And I was able to batch record months and months worth of podcast episodes just from that, from reaching out. Um, and it turns out people had something to say. And doing that gave me batching so many episodes did give me the freedom to spend that time doing other things business related, but it turns out there is no shortage of mothers. They'll, I will always be able to find everyday moms just like me willing to share their story because we're keeping it all inside. We've got things to share. Yeah. And I think the, the branding is on point, just on the hard days, you immediately know what it's about. And every parent has had that moment, like where you just, you just lie down finally at the end of the night, just exhausted. You're like, well, let's, uh, Let's hit the reset button tomorrow and hopefully it goes a little bit better. But batch recording. So how often are you releasing these things? 
weekly. It's weekly at this point. I would love to maybe do uh, a bit more, maybe uh, twice a week, but I'm not quite there yet. Batch recording weekly gave me, I mean, it had to be at least six months worth of episodes that were just sitting there waiting to come out. So that was, that made my life easier for podcasting. Okay. Did you try and like do all these during summer break from school or (laughs) with the teacher's schedule? Okay. Yes. Yes. It was last summer. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you have a sense of how big the listenership is now in terms of downloads per episode or audience size? Well, I've got about 42,000 downloads at this point. It's been out for a year and a half. At the year mark, it was 20,000. I actually appealed to my my Instagram followers and I was like, I don't know, 500 downloads short of of uh, 20,000. And I was like, please let me get to this by the year mark. I just, I just have to see the number. And they cranked it out. They were so, so kind, binge listened. I get about a thousand downloads a week at this point. It certainly is not breaking records here, but the fact that there is such an audience for this podcast is very validating for me that I'm bringing to light these struggles that moms have that previously hasn't really been talked about. Absolutely. And it's still early days for any type of content business to have that kind of traction in the early days. I think it's really encouraging and that people are tuning in, they're engaging with you and it seems to be going well. More with Megan in just a moment, including how the business makes money. But first, I want to talk about some underutilized marketing real estate. We've talked about this before. It's your email signature. Our new sponsor, Black Pearl Mail, helps turn your email signature into a sales-driving showstopper. No more boring text links or the default sent from my iPhone. We're talking fully customizable, visual, attention-getting signatures, all with no code needed. Take advantage of that free real estate at the bottom of every email you send to promote whatever product, service, video, article, reference, or review you want to promote. And here's a crazy stat for you. Black Pearl Mail's email signatures outperform Google Ads by 10 times. It's a great low-cost way to do A-B testing because now you've got direct insights into what your customers are engaging with most. And if a prospect opens up an old email from you, you can even get a real-time notification so you can follow up and strike while the iron's hot. Black Pearl Mail helps your messages stand out in a crowded inbox and drive proven results. So choose the smarter way to email. You can sign up today at blackpearlmail.com. That's black like the color, pearl like the jewelry, P-E-A-R-L, mail, M-A-I-L.com, blackpearlmail.com. Now, one big driver of Megan's business, especially in building that know, like, and trust factor with her audience is her podcast. If you're struggling to grow listenership for your own show, I've got some good news for you. I've just put together the Podcast Growth Playbook. You can find it at podplaybook.co, podplaybook.co. Inside are the actionable tactics and strategies I used to take the side hustle show from zero to over 20 million lifetime downloads. We cover every step of the listener journey, starting with the strangers who don't know you exist, how you can find them, how can you convince them to give your show a shot, all the way up to the fans, the people who never miss an episode, who buy your products and services, the people who do your marketing for you. They are your evangelists. They help spread the word. Once again, you can check it out at podplaybook.co and use promo code podcast for a special listener-only discount. You know, a, a podcast does not a business make, so the next step is like, well, okay, I'm spending all this time on these discovery calls, recording these episodes, publishing this stuff, doing the social media. 
at a certain point, I'd love to get paid for all this effort. <laughs> you figure out what, you know, like, talk to me about the revenue model or, you know, how this, how on the hard days makes money. Yeah. So on my podcast, I connect with these moms. They are great. I feel validated. I, I can't believe that there are other moms out there like me. But then when the call is over and they hang up, I felt like I'm reaching out to them. Wait, wait, don't go. What's your number? Can I text you? Can I call you? Can we be friends? I'm so lonely in this journey of raising my neurodivergent kid. And so I realized what I was missing, and that has been probably my number one business strategy over the last year, is that everything I have done, I am my own avatar. And I have always looked within, what do I need from other mothers? Because if I need it, chances are somebody else does too. So I found myself just dying to connect and keep in touch with the moms on my show, which was telling me that I was really looking for friendship, connection, community. And that's when I realized that I need to do something different. I need to think outside the box. What is it that moms like myself are looking for? And so I began the process of, you know, kind of thinking about different things, researching different things, seeing what else was out there. It turns out there is no community for mothers raising neurodivergent kids out there. There are specific things, kids, uh, moms of kids with autism, for example, there are little niched things, but just in general, parents who don't have a diagnosis for their, their kids, but they are really struggling internally with their child's behaviors and challenges and struggles. There is no, no place for them to gather and, and meet each other. And so that's where my membership community was born and it's called Mothers Together. And it has completely changed my life uh, and, and the trajectory of my business. Well, let's talk about that membership. That's, that's great. Something looking out in the world that this is the thing that I wish existed. It doesn't. So I'm going to be the one to build it. And oh, by the way, for the last year, I've been building this or for the last six months, I've been building this network through one-on-one conversations and then one-to-many conversations through the podcast. So you said, okay, we're going to build this thing. It's called Mothers Together. And what's, so what happens, I guess, inside? What's the value proposition for a mom saying, yes, I want to join? Yeah, absolutely. So in Mothers Together, it is a monthly membership. It is a support group style membership. And so they basically get three three pieces. There is a forum, first of all, that I created. It is off of social media. It's not on Facebook. Um, it has its own app. It's the Mighty Networks company. And it's awesome. It has its own app. And on this forum, moms can ask questions, ask for advice, share resources, and it's by category, which makes it sort of stand out from maybe Facebook, for example. People can search by age of child to connect with other moms of teenagers who are neurodivergent. They can search by location if they want to find moms who might be living near them that they wouldn't know about, by diagnosis, by behavior, by there's a million different ways, right? So they can connect on the forum, but that's not my big selling point. That's just sort of a little extra. The main piece of Mothers Together is the support group part. And so what happens is when a mom signs up, I send out a a follow-up email with some questions. Where do you live? How old is your child? And most importantly, what do you, the mom, what do you need? What are you looking for for support? What are you not getting right now that you wish you could have? And I will take her information and I will personally match her with other moms going through a similar experience. So it's basically like I'm personalizing these groups of moms based on the needs of the moms. Yeah. 
it is like a support group on the one hand. You know, we do try to meet on Zoom weekly, that sort of thing, but it's way more than a support group. We found out very early on that the moms were so over the moon excited to have met each other and connected on that personal level that a once a week meeting was not nearly going to cut it. And so we decided we need something a little different. We're using mostly the Marco Polo video messaging app. There's text threads and uh, the forum has a chat feature, but mostly Marco Polo to check in with each other in our little groups constantly, daily, sometimes multiple times a day. How was that doctor's appointment you had? Jump on and let us know. We're here for you. We're thinking of you. I had a really tough morning. I need to vent. What would you guys do in this situation? It's personal. These are friends. You know, there's no judgment. This is a completely safe space to share what you're struggling with because everybody in your group is going through the same thing. And so there's really a magic in that. Um, in that community piece. And I have obviously had some success, which I'm so grateful for because the moms are so thrilled to have found each other. And it's it's really awesome. Yeah, this is actually kind of an interesting one because typically a membership business is going to be you know content plus community. And I haven't heard you say anything really about content and advice mm-hmm. and lessons. Like, I don't want to, <laughs> it's more about support and acknowledgement and just like you said, venting early on. I just need somebody to listen mm-hmm. versus, uh, you know, preaching from on high. It's a little bit different from some of the other membership guests that we've had on those, you know, content plus community. Sure. There's a forum, but it's like, it's more about access to, you know, expert material and stuff like behind the scenes type of stuff. And then this personal matching service, you know, somewhat it may be common in the entrepreneurship space. Oh, we're going to form these like little mini mastermind groups or, you know, so-called based on interests or location or what, you know, what business you're working on, but kind of similar here, you know, based on the age of the kids, what you're struggling with, maybe where you're located geographically. And, and it's kind of, is that, am I understanding kind of the structure of what happens behind the paywall? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, We do have one additional little bonus where I do bring on a guest expert once a month and we do a live Q&A on Zoom. So there's that little bit of advice piece, uh, content piece. Mostly the content on the forum is created by the members, right? So I am not pushing forward. Here are some great recipes for picky eaters. Here are some sensory activities for sensory sensitive kids. I'm not doing that. We are doing that. It's their membership as much as it is mine. And so if somebody has a, a great idea or something that's worked in their home, they will push it, you know, push it out into the the forum in different categories for the other moms. And so it's kind of like we're all building this plane as we fly it together. And that's kind that togetherness piece is is where the I think the magic happens. Are you involved in these well, the weekly kind of full group support calls? You know, office hours are at this time. You know, come on, we'll hang out. But are you involved in like the the little? I'm, I'm imagining you know a dozen or so kind of mini support groups underneath the whole umbrella. Are you involved with each of those? Yes. Oh my gosh, I am. I imagine that at some point I'm not going to be able to do as much as I'm doing. I know that this has changed me just as much as it's changing them. And that's again, back to, I am the avatar. You know, I wanted the friendship too. I wanted the connection. And so each mom who signs up, every single mom I talk to on a personal level, I have a private little uh, Marco Polo thread with that mom she can reach out anytime if she needs anything at all. I want to learn about her kids. There's a lot of moms, but I want it to be, I want it to always feel personal. I don't want it to feel like churning out members. It's it's not meant for that. The cool thing about 
mothers together is not only do you have that pod squad, that's what I'm calling it, kind of your little, your home base group, but you additionally have access to all the moms and mothers together through a variety of different threads. So for example, if a mom signs up, let's say she's going to join for this next month and um, she gets connected with six, seven or eight other moms, that's their pod squad, but maybe her child has ADHD and she would like some support about ADHD. Well, she can join my little Marco Polo thread for moms with kids with ADHD. There's like 20 moms in there. Now she's just broadened her, her support system to include 20 other moms. Maybe they've been in the uh, mothers together for months and months. So basically they can create their own little support system as big as they want it to be, which is very cool. So there's a lot of threads. Let's just say there's a lot of conversations going on on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. I think this is, this is pretty cool. When I was working at Ford, the dealers had, I think what they called like their 20 groups, which is something facilitated by, by headquarters. And you know, we're going to match you not with people in your market, but people who are running similar sized dealerships in other areas. So you can compare, well, how much are you paying your service manager as a percentage of your overall revenue? Or, you know, so they could kind of compare apples to apple. Hey, what's working for you? Oh, we ran this promotion and we saw this result. And, but similar here, like, and I think this is the reason I'm bringing it up is like, I think this could be applied to other niches under a similar, I don't know, I think just kind of a creative approach to the membership model where, you know, if you can help people get what they need by being that connector, by being that hub, I think that's a really powerful place to be. But talk to me about the launch. So you announced this on Instagram, you announced this on the podcast. Is this, you know, early bird pricing, lock-in, <laughs> lifetime access? Like, I'm curious, like, how you get these initial adopters? Because any members, especially a forum, it's, you know, it's crickets in its early days, unless you really kind of stoke the fires of conversation. Yeah, totally. When I started this last August, I had already been sharing, you know, the podcast was already cranking out. Um, I had been connected with a few moms here and there. And I simply asked them at one point, there was about 10 to 12 of them. And I said, hey, could we jump on a Zoom call? I have this idea. And they said, sure. They were great. They all absolutely loved the idea of Mothers Together. And I asked if they would be my founding members and, and get it started. At that point, it was, gosh, 20, 20 bucks, $19.99 a month. Um, and I asked them if they would do that. There is no commitment in Mothers Together, which I do push that out when I'm talking about it and promoting it. You pay by the month. There's no yearly option. Um, and you can bail at any time. The whole thing is supposed to feel very a la carte, you know, take what you need for support and leave the rest. And so if you're just really struggling right now for this coming month, because maybe you just got a new diagnosis and you want help getting support with that, that's fine. And then you can leave. They don't leave. And that's the magic because of the friendship, because of the the deep connections. So my founding members, they were up for giving it a try. We went through that first month. There was only 12 of them. So it was, I, um, I made two groups out of them, two small groups. Um, and they loved it. We tweaked some things. We added some things. And then we pushed out to September, brought in another 12 to 15 people. And it went like that for most months. I try every month to bring in at least two pod squads worth. So, you know, 10 to 12 to 15 people. And sometimes it's 30 to 35 one month. Um, and sometimes it's, it's smaller and, you know, it's going to ebb and flow, but we've gotten to over a hundred, um, that are there. I still have founding members. It's been a year, almost a year, and I still have founding members from last August and it's, it's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. 
Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. ANDS.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So trying to add 10 to 15 members a month at the 40 a month price point now? It is now. It is $40 a month now. We've gone up. I went up $5 a month for a while. Yes. Keep creeping it up. Well, as I mean, as the value grow, I mean, the value is from the community. And so as the community grows, like, okay, it's worth more. I mean, all of the, you know, pricing strategists are like, oh no, you got to have a yearly option. <laughs> like, or, <laughs> or even, you know, $500 for lifetime access. Cause at a certain point, the kids age out and like, okay, how much can we collect up front and like not make this decision fatigue? Well, should I keep paying my 40 bucks this month? But I imagine, you know, all that's coming down the road, uh, over a hundred members in mothers uh, together today. I think that's really cool. You did mention mighty networks as the back end it support for this, or, you know, what it's built on. You mentioned Marco Polo as this asynchronous video messaging uh, tech or app. Anything else on the tools tech side that's running, that's helping you run the thing, run the show? Not for the most part. We did recently switch to Mighty Networks um, from I, because I had to pay for it. And of course, I still wasn't sure this was actually going to turn into a thing. So I started first with a relatively new platform called Tribe. I believe tribe.co. And it was fine, um, totally fine. There was a free option, um, but it didn't run as smoothly. It was a little clunky. And I, it, once I hit 100 members, I was going to have to pay for it anyway. And I decided that I needed a much uh, smoother platform. And that's when I did some research and switched over to Mighty Networks. And of course, my members, it was a brand new forum now, so it was going to be empty. And I told them all, hey, we're building this together again. So 
jump on, make a post, uh, ask questions. You know, they can schedule their own Zoom links for their own pod squad meetings right there within Mighty Networks, the platform. So it's still being built, but we're getting there. That's not our primary. The primary is the support groups and the, the conversations. So I'm not too worried about the forum slowly growing in that way. Okay. I've heard good things about Mighty Networks, but I haven't tested it out myself and find, find myself. I think we were talking about this at a conference recently, how these software companies really, you know, the switching cost becomes really high after you've, you're you really committed to it and they've got their tentacles wrapped around and you feel that way with with lead pages. It's like, ah, it's going to take a lot to unravel. I guess I just am going to keep paying for this forever now. <laughs> it's, it's kind of the same. It's like, you know, good, good for these software businesses. But it's the same thing as you're up against that you know, next pricing threshold, you know, I feel this way with, with the active campaign, like, oh, okay, you know, who can I, who can I delete? Who hasn't opened an email for a while? Like, how can, how can I delay the inevitable in this way? But, uh, so Mighty Networks, Marco Polo, anything else uh, like for um, email support or for uh, social media? I am still, I've used MailChimp in the past and I, I think that I should go back to it. But at this point for uh, like email list building, I am using the Squarespace is what my website is through and I'm using their little mailing lists. And that has been fine at this point. Again, the mailing lists even haven't been my priority, although they probably should be. And so okay. I'm hoping in the next year to really sort of boost some of these things. I'd love to use a Zapier and start automating things. I do not automate nearly enough. So my time is very busy um, and, and spent in many different places, but that's something that I would like to work on in the future as well. Yeah. And do you have it set so it's kind of an open and close, you know, monthly launch so people kind of come in in a cohort for the membership? That's my hope every month. It does not often always happen that way. I cannot possibly turn away a mom in mid-month. If she needs support, okay. she needs support. And I just can't, I can't do it. But what I do tell her is, hey, you know, absolutely come on in. We started brand new groups at the beginning of the month, so I can either add you to one of those if I feel like it's the right fit for her, or if it's not the right fit, you're welcome to the forum for the next few weeks, but we'll start up new groups at the beginning of the next month and sort of give them that choice. Um, and I've had success both ways. They'll say, oh, you know, I'll, I'll wait a few more days, or they'll pop into a group that already has gotten started if it's if it matches their experience. And is it just, I'm trying to think of like how you're, pitching it is just, you know, um, through repetition on air. If people are listening to the podcast, they're not going to miss it. If they're following you on social, like they're just going to, over time, they're going to understand, look, mothers together is where all the fun is happening. You got to come on in. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's exactly what's happening. I have my own little mothers together ad in my podcast. And at the end of the month, I start really going hard in social media, talking about it. I bring on moms to go live with who are in Mothers Together. They leave me testimonials by accident all the time in Marco Polo. I just had a mom do this a couple of weeks ago. She was brand new. She jumped right into this platform. She loved it. And she sent me a Polo message, which was so kind, just saying how it's changed her life in the past few weeks. And I asked her, hey, can I use that as a testimonial? And she said, yes. And I pushed that onto uh, Instagram and put it in my stories and got a couple signups from that. You know, it's it's constantly talking about what this has done for myself and for my members and having them say it themselves in a very um, genuine, organic way. Right. No, that makes sense. It's so much better to hear from a member of the community or a customer of the product rather than the product owner itself. So that makes sense. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now I'm checking out your Instagram, which is Instagram. Uh, the handle is on the hard days with periods in between the words on dot the dot hard dot days. Twelve and a half thousand followers. Instagram celebrity over here. What do you attribute that growth to, or how do people find this? Is I mean, you, you talked about your twenty or thirty followers early on. So now, fast forward a year and a half, and there's a lot more people paying attention over here. Is there something you attribute that to? Yes, it's reels. It's totally reels all the way. I am not. I'm an introvert. <laughs> I am not um, an actress. I don't dance. Like none of that stuff. But I found myself trying it out once in a while using some viral audio and I kept pushing at it, pushing at it. And I, it, it decided, I don't know, it just sort of took off. Um, I've had a couple reels go viral and that was it. That was it. It's reels. Honestly, I don't even make posts anymore. It's stories. Okay. It's reels. Uh, I do a reel every day. I go live on Instagram for a Sunday night share once a week. And every day, I just started this recently, but every day I um, have a mom, moms ask me questions all the time about their kids. And I don't know the answers because I'm right there with them. So I post it in my stories as a Moms Ask Moms series. And they respond in my little question box and I push out the answers at the end of the day so that everybody can benefit from them. So again, it's, it's, it's about community and that is such an important way to bring people in. So my Instagram growth has been completely due to reels. So I'll keep going with that for sure. Talk to me about these reels because I'm kind of with you. Like, I feel like I'm reasonably creative, but then coming up with something from a blank template that has that viral potential <laughs> seems super intimidating, especially, and I joked about this before, like my, my sweet spot is, you know, a 45 minute podcast episode or a 3000 word blog post short form is a big challenge for me. So how do you come up with these ideas of what has that viral potential? Oh my gosh. It's, it's honestly, it's kind of embarrassing. Like people, people who know me in real life, I'm like, don't, don't look at my reels. Please don't look <laughs> at my reels. I'm so, uh, it just feels so, I don't know, sheepish, but people who don't know me are like, Oh, that's so funny, whatever. So all I do is I, I take those audios that are trending. I found out pretty quickly that if they're too trending, then it's too late. It's got to be a, a low amount of views, and uh, but it's on the way up. Sorry, what do you mean by trending audio? So, sorry, I was not very clear. So when you're, you're scrolling through reels um, and you've got that audio at the bottom saying what it came from, um, what song or whatever, there's a little arrow pointing up. And if you click on that, it will show you how many views that audio has had. And if that arrow is there, it means it's trending. It's on its way up. How it's trending, I have no idea, but it but it is. So if it's under ten thousand, but even honestly, even lower, under a thousand views, but it's trending, then that's the one I grab. And so I grab a bunch of them, and they're usually little short clips from movies or TV or a song. And I simply, I think to myself, how could I apply this to what it's like raising a neurodivergent kid? So, for example, one of the ones that went pretty viral was uh, the audio clip was. I don't know what it was from, to be honest, probably a movie or something, but somebody was saying, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know. This is hard. Uh, can we reschedule? I, I can't do this. And that was the the audio. And I was standing in my room. All right, what, what can I use this for? Because I can't tell you how many times I've said, I don't know what I'm doing as a mom of a neurodivergent kid. And I thought about how 
my child was very sensitive to water on his head when he was younger. He still is actually, but he's handling it a lot better now. Um, But, you know, absolute nightmare every time I had to wash his hair, just screaming at the top of his lungs. And so I'm standing there in my bathroom and I'm going, I don't know what I'm doing, but uh, can we reschedule? This is, this is too hard. And I, you know, I made my caption about how I don't know what to do when I'm washing my kid's hair to make it a more enjoyable experience. And that went super viral, which was very, very cool. So it's like that little five to seven seconds of relatable, what it's like raising a, a neurodivergent kid. Okay. And so it's you, are you kind of like lip syncing that audio or it like plays <laughs> yeah. in the background? I'm, I'm like, so you got to explain it to me. Like I'm a grandpa. Like, I don't understand this stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it's really embarrassing. It, it's exactly what I'm doing. I'm lip syncing it and okay, I have to do it, you know, sometimes eight to 10 times just to make it go. But the, the more I do it, the better I get. And I just started a couple of weeks ago, not having any, any audio at all and just talking, actually talking. And that has been doing okay. So I think I'm going to keep trying that too. I'm kind of going every other day, a little bit of me, a little viral. They tend to be funny because the audio clips are funny. And so people are like, oh, you're hilarious. No, I just am copying an audio. Um, I'm not the one making the joke, but um, I'm applying it to life raising my kid. Yeah, that's that's really creative. That's so cool. Are you sending these over to TikTok as well to build an audience there? Oh, that's another tough one. That one hurts. So yes, I am. I just started. I'm an elementary school teacher and I teach fifth grade and I used to teach sixth grade. That's where they're hanging out. They're on TikTok and there's something about knowing that I'm putting things there that my students could see that just mortifies me. So I know that I need to do it. I want to really dive in, but I I have to admit that I haven't jumped in too much yet. Yeah, that would be that would be really funny. Hey, have you seen have you seen Mrs. Ch- Miss Champion on the on this uh, TikTok? Okay, well, cool. Thanks for sharing that. I'll have to take a look at this trending audio. That's an interesting hack to see. Okay, how can I jump on this trend that's already on its way up, hopefully, and apply it to your own niche there? And then you mentioned going live and doing the Moms Ask Mom series. So, how are people ask, answering questions? On the, like you have to like kind of screenshot their answer and then add it to the story or how does it work? So I'll put up, I have a, a box where people can, one of my highlights on my Instagram, where people can submit questions that they have. And so just this morning, I went and pulled one off of the responses. And the question was about aggression in their child. And so I, I can respond to that by sharing it. So you share their question. And then I put a little box, a questions box saying, do you have any support for this mom? And people will answer in the box. And at the end of the day, I will do a screen record where I'm scrolling through all the answers nice and slow and put that into my stories for moms to read. Okay. Yeah, that's a cool way to do it. Yeah. that's And it doesn't put the pressure on you to have all the answers, kind of crowdsourcing this stuff in and it's still, still valuable for everybody and they get everybody else's perspective too. Yes, that's exactly what it is in, in, in Mothers Together as well. Everything that I'm doing has never been about me having the answers. And I found the success is exactly that. It's having us share collectively what we have learned and tried over the years. And that's what moms are really looking for. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time 
and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, those business models, I, I like those business models that don't rely on having you be the expert or the technician. And it was the same thing, at least starting out with the side hustle shows. Like, well, you know, I've had a little bit of experience building this business, but it's more about pointing the mic at somebody else and hearing their story. And over time, I think a lot of that expertise rubs off. And, it, and I imagine it's the same way with you. You start to hear different scenarios and you kind of, you know, you file each one away in that digital Rolodex. So you have a story or you have a, you know, another tool in your tool belt that you might be able to pull out later on. But is there anything else that is ringing the cash register for you? Is it primarily just this, the membership? So it's primarily just this at this point. I have tried some other things, but I haven't given it full effort. For example, I've, I've made some shirts and sweatshirts on Teespring. Um, I, ha- I started Patreon, but the majority of the money is coming from others together. I am though starting a new project and I'm hoping that that really turns a corner to perhaps make this a little more than just a side hustle. I'm happy to talk about if you want. Yeah, you can't tease it like that. You got to tell us what it is. (laughs) I know, a little teaser there. So I have found, right, again, I'm the avatar. So I have found, I have gone through a process. The first thing was I needed awareness. Is my child, like, is this my fault? What is going on here? What is neurodivergent even meet? And then it was validation. And that's what I'm giving on the podcast. Every single episode is validation from a mom. This is what it's like raising a kid who has OCD or sensory processing disorder or whatever. Validation, so important. But from validation, it was like, okay, well, now I need the friends. Now I need the connection, the support, personal support. That's where the community piece comes in. And that's what Mothers Together is for. And then I found, again, even with myself, okay, I have these amazing friends now. I feel very validated and supported, but I still feel guilty. I still struggle with my confidence. I still wonder if there's something I could be doing better. Why am I not the best mom I thought I would be? Why am I struggling internally and sleepless nights and wondering what I could be doing differently and replaying these scenes in my head? That personal internal struggle is something that even community can't can't help. And so I realized that there's sort of a top tier to this whole process of raising the kids that we have, and that's more of a transformation. So I'm doing something completely new, starting another project, and it's going to be a program, a transformational program that has a start date and an end date, unlike Mothers Together, that's you know forever, in which it's a course, but it's going to be a long course, six months. I want moms to really take a deep dive into who they are, and relearn and re- to find again their confidence, that, that gut instinct, what is best for my child. It turns out we, as the moms, we are the best 
that our child needs. We don't need anything else. It really starts with us. That's step one. So we have to believe in ourselves that we can do it, that we can raise happy, healthy kids. Um, and so I'm going to have some experts help me out and we're going to roll out a course that takes moms from guilt and shame to confident and ready to take on the day. And yeah, I'm nervous about it, but I'm excited and, and hopeful that it is uh, as transformational as I want it to be. Very cool. Do you have a, do you have a launch date for that? So I am, um, it's going to be called Mothers Evolve, and I'm going to be launching it uh, in January of 2023. Um, but I am doing a pilot testing month in October. And so I welcome any mom who's interested in perhaps piloting this, giving it a try uh, just for one month. And that way they can also give me some feedback so that I can tweak it and perfect it for the actual real launch in January. Well, very good. I'm excited. The next stage, the next project. So very cool. Yeah. So working on the podcast, supporting the Mothers Together members, working on this next um, top tier transformational course. Anything else that you're working on? Or maybe... Like, I don't know, how do you divide up your time between the kids and the, and the full time? I guess, you know, we got summer off, but, you know, once school starts again, like, is there such thing as a typical day in the life in this business? Yeah. So, you know, it's been a, a very busy year. My husband has been a, a trooper in supporting me as I'm running off to make calls and um, connect with moms and, and things. I think that if I didn't truly believe 100% in the power of all of this, then I wouldn't be able to do it, you know, to, to sustain this type of energy towards these projects. A typical day, especially a, a school day, right? I, I'm unable to do pretty much anything until the kids go to bed, to be honest with you. Um, there might be a yeah. little bit of pockets of time uh, in the mornings before I go to school. I wanted to, I, I like to promote the podcast. That's where I'm giving those short audio clips from the episode of the week. I do that multiple days of the week. But by the time you get home and then there's dinner and, and bedtime stuff for little kids, I'm not really jumping into anything major until the evening. And unfortunately, I, I can't say I have some um, grand like health habits in the past year, like I'm staying up too late and, um, you know, not exercising nearly enough and drinking enough water and all of that. It was a busy year. I jump on a lot of calls in the evenings and started yeah. out, have recordings on certain days. I guess my big long-term goal is to be the hub, I guess, be the place, the center that moms can come in when they have a neurodivergent child. Maybe they're just looking for validation. So I'll send them the podcast and be on their way. Maybe they're looking for community and I'll send them to mothers together and they'll be on their way. You know, um, I kind of picture it as this this sun and, you know, everything that I'm doing is in the middle, but moms can come in from all angles and they can get what they need, take what they need and leave the rest. And I want it to be known so that when a mom is struggling, that she, she knows where she can go to get the full amount of help and support that she needs. Well, very good. We'll have to do a follow-up and see, you know, what happens <laughs> in another 12 months, because it's really impressive what you've built so far. And you like, I mean, the hardest part is going from zero to one, getting anybody to pay attention to you on the internet and you've achieved that and people are paying you money and now it's okay. You know, what's the next thing? How do we grow this thing if you'd like to, and how do we do it in a way that serves the community and serves your family? Uh, it's really, it's really kind of cool. So on the hard days.com is where you can find Megan, uh, check out the on the hard days podcast. We'll link up her Instagram and other social profiles as well. Be on the lookout for those reels. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for side hustle nation. My number one tip for Side Hustle Nation is 
connection, connection, connection. You, it has to be real to you. It has to feel real to you. It has to be something you're truly passionate about and that you would happily talk about, you know, 24 seven. And when you connect with your client, with your, your, your audience, it needs to feel real because it is real. And that they'll feel that on the other end, your energy will come through. They will, t- they can tell that it's genuine. When you make that connection, they are so much more likely to trust you and uh, follow you as you build out programs and, and things like that. So it is all about connection. That's right. You're speaking their language and they say, I need some more. I need some more Megan in my life and <laughs> to deal with these hard days. So thanks so much for joining me and we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Hope you enjoyed that chat with Megan. Lots of cool ideas I think can be applied in other businesses. My top three takeaways from the call today. Number one was this idea of the thousand true fans. I think Megan's well on her way to that milestone. This is a famous internet essay by Kevin Kelly that says you really only need a thousand true fans who support your work in order to make a meaningful living online. And it's never been easier to find those fans. I mean, 2021, we're not exactly talking early days for podcasting when Megan got started, yet she was still able to carve out space for herself, to claw her way up to a thousand downloads a week, and then turn that following into a viable and growing revenue stream. I see her example as kind of this beacon of hope for podcasters with smaller audiences. Yes, there is a path to a sustainable business here that doesn't rely on having tens of thousands of weekly listeners and getting these big CPM sponsorship deals. And the other fun piece of it is, well, okay, where am I going to go find those thousand fans? Where am I going to go find those hundred fans, those early listeners? It's in going where they already are. In Megan's case, inside Facebook groups, first off, interviewing dozens of members of those groups, giving them a voice, letting them share their stories. And then second, Instagram, stepping out of her comfort zone and making reels that have a chance to get your account and your message in front of a much larger audience than uh, just posting to your existing following. So that was takeaway number one for me, this journey to a thousand true fans. Second takeaway was you don't have to be the expert. She said at the end, I want to be the hub. To me, that opens up a much broader realm of business niche possibilities because the list of things that you're a certified, qualified expert in it's probably shorter than the list of things that you're interested in or curious about or a participant in. For example, Phil Muscatello is a side hustle show listener in Australia. He wanted to learn more about investing, so he created a podcast called Shares for Beginners. Shares being, I guess, what they call stocks in Australia. He started recording with other successful investors. We recently heard from Garrett and Sabrina from the I Know Dino podcast. It's a podcast about dinosaurs. They're not paleontologists. They're dinosaur fans sharing the latest news and then talking to other experts. Scroll down, uh, check them out. Episode 502. It's a good one. Uh, But you don't have to be the expert. You can still be the hub. You can be the connector and you can build a business that way. And that was takeaway number two for me. Takeaway number three is it's heavy in the beginning. There's no sugarcoating it here. This took a ton of work and you might be thinking, okay, 20 grand, that's great, but how many hours did Megan put in to earn it? The truth is a lot. It's heavy at the beginning. To will something into existence and to get that initial liftoff, it's not easy. So if you are in that stage, first, remember your why. And then second, remember that it gets easier. Momentum starts to build. You start to see the compound effect of your efforts. If I tracked my hourly rate from 
blogging in my first year, for podcasting in my first year, it would have been so far below minimum wage. But fast forward to today, and it's hundreds of dollars an hour. I'm doing the same thing in a lot of ways, creating content, building community, but there's this natural leverage to online businesses that you can benefit from if you can stick through those heavy early days and sometimes early years. Now here's your win of the week. Hi, Nick. It's Rachel Hernandez, aka Mobile Home Girl from AdventuresOfMobileHomes.com. My recent win is that my mobile home investing journey was featured on StarterStory.com, a site with over 1 million monthly visitors per month. And they actually found me through your podcast, The Side Hustle Show, which I was a guest for on episode 440, where I shared my journey as a mobile home investor. I'm a longtime listener and fan of the show. I just want to say thanks so much for all that you do. Hustle on. That's awesome, Rachel. Thanks for sharing that. We've seen several Side Hustle Show guests on Starter Story this year, including Luke Vanderveer with his uh, rank and rent business, Larry McGee in his fish tank maintenance business, Josh Belk, who was running a mobile car detailing business, Connor Meekin with his uh, e-commerce business in the bone broth niche, and I'm sure others as well. Now, this is important. If you have a win to share, big or small, I would love to hear it and plug your business in an upcoming Side Hustle Show episode. It's easy. All you got to do is go to SideHustleNation.com slash wins and record a short clip. Once again, that's SideHustleNation.com slash wins. Big thanks to Megan for sharing her insight. Thanks to Black Pearl Mail and my very own podcast, Growth Playbook, for sponsoring this week. Once again, I want to invite Side Hustle Show listeners to turn their email signatures into sales driving machines with the help of blackpearlmail.com. And for podcasters looking to grow your show, I've opened up the playbook that I used to take this podcast from zero to 20 million downloads. You can find that at podplaybook.co and use promo code podcast for a special listener-only discount. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're finding value in the show, the greatest compliment is to share it with a friend. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen, and I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.